0: to Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on NCU-FM. It's your education and wellness station. NCU 91.1, 91.3, and 91.5, only on your FM dial. I'm Adise Jonas Murphy. Stay with us. Coming up is a very informative and intriguing edition of Healthy and Happy. You don't want to miss it. Thank you so very much for keeping it locked to Healthy and Happy aired right here on NCU-FM. It is your education and wellness station, NCU 91.1, 91.3, 91.5. Of course, this program is sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. And we look forward every single week to bringing you another informative health program. Now, last week, if you joined us, you would have recognized that we started a new series. We started Issues on the Female Reproductive System. And I learned so much uh, from Dr. Nastasia Tate last week. We dealt with cervical dysplasia. First time hearing it, first time coming across it, but I, I learned so much. And this week, I know it's not going to be any less at all. Dr. Tate, welcome back to Healthy and Happy. How are you?
1: I am good, Adeus. It's great to be here. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Thank you so much, Doc. And thanks for always making the time. We really, really do appreciate it.
1: No problem. It's my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. So, this week, Doc, we are delving into a new and exciting topic. This one is called Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome, PCOS for short. We're going to be learning about this four word acronym. We're going to be seeing how much trouble it causes from time to time with us females. Now, could you define? polycystic ovarian syndrome. It just, it sounds very heavy. Could you give us a layman's definition of this medical condition? it,
1: (laughs) It definitely is a long word. It's a big word. It's a mouthful. But polycystic ovarian syndrome... In simple terms, just refers to a hormonal imbalance that is usually seen within a female within her reproductive age group. It is marked by an imbalance of the hormones. So, you notice that the females have excess androgens, which is the male hormones, and the normal female hormones, are the progesterone and the estrogen or the ishadiol, there's an imbalance there as well. The other hormones at play, such as insulin, cells a very complicated syndrome where you have different hormones really causing an overall imbalance that leads to different manifestations. If you look at the word itself, polycystic ovaries, Mm -hmm. it refers to having a small ovaries, a polymine in multiple, so you're having small cysts on the ovaries. Everyone who has multiple cysts on the ovaries have polycystic ovarian syndrome. It really is a medical hormonal imbalance. And yes, it's marked by multiple cysts on the ovaries, but What are other features that has to be present to make a diagnosis? So.
0: Okay. Well, what about the cause or causes, though? How did this thing come about? How does one get this? Is one born with it? Does one develop it?
1: So, the exact cause of polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS is unknown. We do know that there's. Is a familial or genetic predisposition. So if it is that your siblings, your mom, your aunt have PCOS, mm-hmm. then you two are likely to have PCOS. But it can be also isolated in a family. So we don't know the exact cause. There are different association, but as to the underlying root cause in every single person, that is unknown.
0: How is it diagnosed, Doc?
1: Okay. So like most thing in medicine, you know, everything in medicine really is a combination of history. Mm-hmm. examination and investigation. So on your history itself, the classical features that patients will complain about is to have missed periods. So you'll have months of not having a period, two, three months of not having a period, or even, you know, six months really. And then you, when you do have a period, it can be very light or very heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's marked by irregular periods that are usually light or can be heavy. And that's what you get on your history. Um, On your examination, you may have features that, you know, increases your index of suspicion. So if it is that you have male pattern um, distribution of hair, so you have hair on your chin, on your chest, on your back, you know, in a male pattern distribution, then that's what we call hirsutism. And Mm -hmm. that too can raise your index of suspicion along with your history. Now, on investigation side, you will do an ultrasound and the ultrasound may show multiple cysts in the peripheries, almost like a string of pearls going mm-hmm. around the ovaries. And your blood investigations doing your hormonal profile will clue you in as to whether or not this really is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it really is a combination of your history, so your mm-hmm. irregular periods, um, your ultrasound findings and your hormonal all right.
0: Let's back up to the irregular period. What is it really that defines irregularity of the menstrual cycle? Is it missing your period? Your, your period is about four days late. It comes and then next, the, the following month, it com- it misses a month and then the other month it shows up. Is that what makes it irregular or is it the absence of the, the period without pregnancy, of course, uh, for months Two months, uh, then it returns, then four months, absent again, then it returns. What constitutes irregularity?
1: So normal typical period would last five to seven days, will come every 21 to about 29, 30 days cycle. Mm -hmm. So typical person will have like a 28-day cycle. So every 28 days, you have your menses, it will last five to seven days. So average typical period. Anything outside of that spectrum, so if it is that you're having a period every forty two days, every sixty days, every ninety days, which would you know would not be like three months, Mm -hmm. then that's defined as being irregular. If it is that your period is more than the seven days and lasting ten days, twelve days, two weeks, Mm -hmm. that's irregular. If your period is lasting a day or two, again that is irregular. So anything outside of what we previously established as normal is considered irregular period. Now with policy of ovarian syndrome the pattern that the patients tend to have would be months of not having a period mm. so typically the patients would say they have a period probably three times for the year twice for the year mm-hmm. once for the year so they typically go couple months well without a period and then a period comes which mm-hmm. may be a bleeding episode come which may be you know a regular one week you know period fast, seven days or they might complain of very heavy bleeding or they might complain of very light bleeding so it really is irregularity using any of those parameters that will you know classify as being irregular and to fit the profile that you tend to see in patients with polycystic ovarian syndrome
0: Okay, thank you for that. You did mention the whole idea of male pattern distribution of hair. There's a an H word for it. Could you repeat mm-hmm. it for me, please?
1: Hirsutism.
0: Hirsutism, right? So let us say that right. uh, a female has these physiological uh, manifestations. Is it to, can I equate that with polycystic ovarian syndrome at all times, or is it that uh,
1: absolutely not? <laughs> okay, so that's
0: that's it because absolutely not. So while it may occur with polycystic ovarian syndrome, the reverse is not. Mm-hmm. True.
1: Right, because you do have people who tend to have, you know, hairy skin. What we'd call, colloquially, you know, that's very hairy, and mm-hmm. everybody in the family have hairy skin, and you, you know, they have a regular periods, their hormonal profiles are fine, they don't have polycystic appearance on the ovaries. Mm-hmm. So hirsutism is, you know, excess androgen, excess hair but it doesn't equal polycystic ovarian syndrome.
0: We black people tend to get a lot of stuff. Um, is there any water race in particular that you find the incidence of um, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome occurring? Is it more among blacks, Indians, so it's not Chinese?
1: Specific, so It's not specific to race, but we do have a high incidence in our Afro-American, Afro-American, um, Caucasian population. That's a factor of statement, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a correlation between diet? Because I, I know once we go into the race, talk and we say boy you know blacks their incidence of cancer certain kinds of cancers is higher um, certain kinds of lifestyle diseases mm-hmm. is higher is it linked to diet do you think
1: it's not directly linked to diet there haven't been any studies that you know have a positive link with diet and a polycystic ovarian syndrome what i will say though is that polycystic ovarian syndrome is linked to diabetes Mm -hmm. so we do find patients and obesity right Mm -hmm. so it is a it's compounded it can be compounded or either of the conditions can be compounded by the Mm other. So, for instance, if it is that you have polycystic ovary syndrome, you are at increased risk for having glucose intolerance or um, insulin resistance, and hence to develop diabetes. Mm -hmm. Again, if it is that you have increased insulin resistance, meaning your body does not respond to insulin when it's produced Mm -hmm. you know when you eat to break down the food so that is the definition of insulin resistance so if it is that you have insulin resistance then you're likely to be overweight or to be obese and to have extra um adipose tissues or fat tissues and that in and of itself um breaks down or metabolize the estrogen and can then cause a hormonal imbalance so, so it really is a, a vicious cycle, I would say. So one thing can lead to other, can lead to other, and they all can compound each other, and they can go in reverse as well.
0: Mm. And, uh, well, I know we haven't gotten to prevention and, and treatment yet, so I'm just going to hold what I'm thinking in my mind now. But um, So mm-hmm. we've looked at causes, we've looked at diagnosis, we've looked at um, the fact that other issues compound polycystic ovarian syndrome as well, or it is compounded by other issues. Um, let's switch into the signs, the common symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, some women start seeing symptoms around the time of their first period, doc. Others only discover that they have PCOS after they have gained perhaps a lot of weight, you. Mm-hmm. you know, or they have had trouble Definitely. getting pregnant. And and this is one this is I've pregnant. heard, yes. So many women saying, boy, you know, um, it is only after we've been trying, trying, trying to have a baby that, you know, I went and got checked out and realized, hey, this is the issue. What are some common symptoms of PCOS? You mentioned irregular periods, but let's delve into it.
1: So, right. So, irregular periods, that's definitely the most common thing that persons will come and complain about. You also mentioned infertility or difficulty getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And with polycystic ovarian syndrome, what happens essentially is that you do not ovulate. Mm -hmm. Now, how I explain to my patients all the time is that every single month, what usually happens, a sit goes on the ovary. It gets to a particular size and the cyst ruptures, a perfect size. It gets ripe. And when it ruptures, it releases an egg. Mm -hmm. If the egg is fertilized, then it leads to a pregnancy. In the absence of fertilization, Mm -hmm. you'll have a menstrual cycle. Now, what happened with PCOS is that... Because the hormones are being produced in an imbalanced fashion, the cyst never, ever reaches that perfect size. Mm. So it rarely reaches that perfect size. So instead of having that one cyst grow to that, you know, one centimeter mm-hmm. size, you have a very, very small cyst. Mm. And because it doesn't reach a size, it does not rupture, you don't release an egg, you don't ovulate. Right,
0: right. Now, if
1: you don't ovulate, then you, you won't be able to get pregnant. And if you don't ovulate, then... You, you won't be able to not get pregnant and have your menses mm-hmm. so that's really what happens on the female reproductive side on our ovaries that is why we have difficulty getting pregnant and that is we not have our menses on a regular period on our every monthly period so that's how it influences fertility other thing that you mentioned would have been weight so patients also notice that with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, that they may have difficulties losing weight, or they may notice that their weight has increased significantly. And as we alluded to earlier, the link between obesity and increasing the fat cells and the estrogen imbalance correlates with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. And patients may also complain, or, you know, in the history say that when they were 10, 15, 20 pounds lighter, the periods were regular. But mm-hmm. once they passed a certain threshold, the periods, you know, became irregular. And that's actually one of the tenets in the management of polycystic ovarian syndrome because we know of the direct link between excess fat tissue and the estrogen imbalance. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. What about other symptoms like, let's say, skin darkening or acne or even, you alluded to the hirsutism, um, that's the excess mm-hmm. hair growth, but what about male pattern baldness?
1: Right. So, acne definitely is a symptom of polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, p- patients may complain of acne, um, cystic acne. Um, they can have darkening around the neck, around so the nipple. Again, that goes back to the hormonal imbalance. The so Darkening around the neck goes back to the insulin um, resistance. They can have hair loss or baldness. And that goes back to the hormonal imbalance and the excess in the androgen, so the male testosterone hormones. So.
0: This sounds very tough to deal with. There are females listening in right now who can totally relate because they have been diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Estrogen and progesterone just seem a little bit, um, you know, it it seems difficult to deal with those two. <laughs> I mean, I know it's compounded yeah. by by other hormones, of course, but I am just looking mm-hmm. at the symptoms and all the challenges that come with with having this particular condition, irregular periods, which of course. Um, contributes to infertility in some cases. What's the likelihood, by the way, of one uh, conceiving when diagnosed with this condition?
1: So first, patients with polycystic ovarian syndrome can get pregnant without any intervention, all right? However, majority of the times, because, again, we mentioned the fact that they, they don't ovulate on a regular monthly um, basis, you often will require some sort of medical intervention to
0: help with the ovulation to then conceive. So there is hope. There is hope. Uh, so not because somebody receives a diagnosis, oh, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, means that you can't. Um, you know, you can't conceive. But I'm just looking right. at, you know, as 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 saying. Uh, just a bit earlier irregular periods heavy bleeding hair growth acne weight gain male pattern baldness darkening of the skin headaches all I have to say is why did Eve eat that apple like honestly (laughs) (laughs)
2: like (laughs) honestly I know
0: I'm seeing here another symptom headaches doc Um, probably that's one of the reasons you know persons who have not yet been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome they've been having a lot of headaches women and they they just they don't even know what's happening inside of them but but the hormone are also responsible for this?
1: It is. So, what I really want to point out though is that some are. Um you know, non-specific meaning. Not because you're having headache, it means that you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Not because you have darkening around the nipple or at the neck or hair loss. You you know, it means that you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. To make the diagnosis, the criteria is very very clear. It's very very strict. And the truth is, patients present in different ways. You know, all the patients won't have all these symptoms. They may have one or two. Um, they may even have a little bit. more but it doesn't mean that you'll have all of these manifestations. And they're very non-specific because headaches can be due to a lot of different things, right? Not just polycystic ovarian syndrome. But yes, the headache too is due to the hormonal imbalance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a very, very complicated, it can be a complicated manifestation.
0: Yes. You know, I am seeing too, I'm on uh, healthline.com and I'm seeing where uh, there is a correlation between polycystic ovarian syndrome and sleep apnea endometrial cancer depression I mean I don't want to sound very you know um, pessimistic but we must look at the correlation if if we're dealing with the topic as a whole then we must look at the correlation with this and and other conditions so could you address those for me
1: Sure. So the sleep apnea, it would be directly related to the obesity, Mm -hmm. the endometrial cancer. That's very important. So when we spoke about the hormonal imbalance, we spoke about what happened at the level of the ovary. I did not go in much about what happens at the level of the endometrium or the lining of the womb. Because of the excess amount in the hormone, in particular, the estrogen, what you have is thickening of the lining of the womb, right? Mm -hmm. So Usually each month you'd have your period, the land of the womb sheds, then it go- regenerates or it goes back and then it sheds again on, on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Because you're not having your period on a monthly basis, you have a thickening of this land of the mm-hmm. womb. Now anywhere where you have unregulated growth, mm-hmm you're at increased risk for having changes in the cells right so the so the cells move from normal shape in the mutual cells right. and it becomes abnormal and if left over a period of time can lead to the endometrial cancer or can increase. Increased risk of having endometrial
0: cancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about the link? Right. The link uh, with depression, PCOS, and depression? I imagine with the fluctuating hormonal levels. The hormone again. Mercy. See, you
1: know, as females, every time you have a hormonal transition, so yeah. in pregnancy, in menopause, after Mercy. delivery, or even just with your regular menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. you're at increased risk of getting, um, men- you know, depression and anxiety and sleep disturbances primarily linked to the hormonal changes or the hormonal disturbances so mm-hmm. I'm it's so, a lot I, think I am so heavy. happy you
0: know like to be a woman <laughs> is just so tough <laughs> but I, I want you to you just made a, a a very very important point because the thing is you know in families men have to live with women and you yes. know there are different family setups and, and sometimes they don't understand the dynamics all oh, that's happening inside a woman's body I will have to coexist with women I mean even my friends I joke with them So times and I'm saying, boy, all right. I, I just I know I know what's happening with everybody around me. I'm very much in tune <laughs> with most mm-hmm. of my very close friends and what's happening, you know, um within them. I mean, we talk, you know, so we can say, Boy, you know, at least right. this is happening or whatever. So when I see an occasional outburst or two, I I, I totally understand it's the hormones. But how critical <laughs> I'm, <telling you>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing
1: because I had a very similar experience you know with some friends this week and I'm like okay yeah, yeah. we know what that is let's it, just uh, yeah
0: don't take it personal don't take it personal. personal we're not
1: taking it personal we know what this
0: is but. yeah I mean I am thinking here you know quite a few persons are listening into the program now husbands are listening in you know spouses are listening in partners are listening in and they're saying boy you know I just don't understand my wife I don't understand my, how important is understanding especially on the part of those who have to coexist with individuals who one have been diagnosed with PCOS or two maybe exhibiting signs and symptoms and not yet diagnosed but how critical is it for those living uh, (laughs) around women (laughs) to understand that um, you know so many things could be at, at play.
1: So your support system can make or break you in almost any situation and with because it's no different. it can be a challenging condition, especially for couples who are trying to get pregnant and they're having difficulties. So, you know, know, having all these symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome compounded with the fact that you guys are trying to get pregnant can be challenging for both parties. So it's a matter of just being supportive, understanding the process, Mm -hmm. understanding the different, you know, how it flows really, and the different interventions and being patient with your physician as you try to find the regime that works best for you, um, it's very important to be in the know. If it is that you don't understand, and I'm just speaking to the spouses, so like the male partners, if it is that you don't understand anything, your wife or your spouse should just be miserable, but not realizing that there's a hormonal imbalance happening Mm -hmm. beneath all of that, then it can allow you to be a little bit insensitive. But if you know that there is something else that's contributing to it, then hopefully it will mean that you can be a bit more understanding, a bit more tolerant, a bit more encouraging and that too you know will influence how the woman responds Right, and you know if you ask me it will save you a lot of trouble in the long (laughs) run as well so I mean it goes both ways and as females we need to be very intentional and very aware of what's happening and not Always be so reactive, if you get what I'm saying, right?
0: Yes, so, yes. So I'm, I'm hearing you, Doc. Yeah. So females, you must communicate your feelings, you know, in a, in a reasonable sure. manner <laughs> mm-hmm. to those around you. What's <laughs> happening inside you? Um, it's a quite interesting discussion, um, Doc. As we look at rap- and
1: sometimes, you know, I'll just yes, yeah, sorry to interject. I'm saying sometimes it's hard for the females to express themselves. But that's why you carry your partners to your visit so you can have a thorough conversation with your doctor, and everything can be explained, and everybody be very aware of what is happening and you know really aware of the plan the management and it really makes it much easier in the long run
0: mhm indeed indeed, as we look at, uh, at wrapping up now, I want us to touch on some lifestyle tips perhaps to treat PCOS or even medical intervention ways to treat PCOS let's look at some lifestyle changes first
1: okay so we alluded to the significant correlation between weight gain and polycystic ovarian syndrome Mm -hmm. so that is one of the main tenets for the treatment of PCOS Mm -hmm. so your diet and exercise is 100% recommended every single time losing five 10 15 percent of your body weight not only will make you feel better but it actually can cause you to um on your own without medical intervention or well yeah, without medical intervention and may not need hormonal support so even the clobie that we'll uh, that we'll speak about a little bit mm-hmm. later so weight loss is paramount it's critical to the management of um polycystic ovarian syndrome so we'll talk about exercise we want to ensure that you'd be exercising at least two to four times per week for at least 30 minutes for moderate to intense level of um exercise Mm -hmm. you want to ensure that your caloric intake the deficit between your caloric intake and your expenditure is such that it fosters a weight loss right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in terms of medical management it really is dependent on the aim If it is that we're trying to get pregnant, the management will differ versus if it is that we're trying to regularize the the menses. So to regularize the menses, we really will do hormonal therapy in the form of oral contraceptive pills Mm -hmm. that will try to, you know, mimic what would happen naturally in the body where you have the hormonal Changes leading up to your ovulation and any hormonal withdrawal and allows for your period. Mm -hmm. If it is that we're trying to get pregnant, then as I had mentioned before, the issues with ovulation, then that would be our targeted um treatment where we're trying to induce ovulation in an effort to get pregnant. But
0: doc, um, I mean, so
1: ultimate management. Mm
0: And I know we're running out of time. I'm I'm sorry to interject, um, but you mentioned the the birth control um, measures, um, tablets. While there are positive um, turnarounds or positive outcomes, rather, of of taking the birth control pills, like, I mean, for example, we know it restores um, hormone balance, at least to some extent, regulates ovulation, all of that, relieves um, excess hair growth in some instances. But Mm -hmm. aren't there also... Uh, negative effects of this thing i mean I, I've, I've heard of some say boy i've taken this thing and the thing just blew me up like i, I, I put on a whole lot of weight so is it like six or one half dozen of the other
1: so all contraceptive or hormonal medication in general definitely has a side effect profile and option that we pick for the patients has to be individualized mm-hmm. it has to be dependent on the patient's factors and um the you know, look at the side effect profile. So, if it is that the patient has diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol, then having a contraceptive or a contraceptive pill that is high in estrogen would not be the best option for that patient because estrogen or combined contraceptive pills mm-hmm. do increase the risk for getting things like um clots in the calf and in the lungs getting right. strokes and stuff like that so it really is a risk benefit ratio
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yes weight gain is documented for lots of oral contraceptives one is to find one that is a target but still understanding the side effect profile, and not because you know we know it can cause you to put on weight, it means that you will put on weight. Right. So it really boils down to having a discussion, mm-hmm. finding the option that is right for you. There are lots of options available with different estrogen content, different progesterone content. Mm-hmm. So it really is to decide where we're starting and what is appropriate for for me. What's appropriate mm-hmm. for you? What's appropriate for the next patient? Because it.
0: Oftentimes we'll end up being different things. Right. Dr. Tate, boy, it's always such a pleasure to have you with us right here on Healthy and Happy. For those of you who've been tuning in from 6.30, uh, unfortunately, this is the end of the program. But Dr. Tate will be back next week by the grace of God as we conclude our three-part series (laughs) on uh, issues of the female reproductive system. Thanks again, Doc. Uh, Any final words before you go?
1: Um, we did not mention metformin at all. So I just want to do a plug for metformin and insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So your doctor may mention that to you. And it's because metformin is known to increase your um, sensitivity, your response to insulin. Mm-hmm. And so that has been very, very significant in the treatment of polycystic ovarian syndrome. But in general, if it is that you're having any of these, studies, any of these symptoms that were mentioned before, if it is that you're not sure what, you know, what may be the underlying cause, Visit your GP, visit your OBGYN, let's have a discussion, let's do the evaluation and try to get you to live a healthier, happier version of
0: yourself. Thank you so very much, Dr. Tate. You heard it right here mm-hmm. on Healthy and Happy, living a healthier and happier version of yourself. Of course, Dr. Nastasia Tate is not only a member of the Hagley Park SDA Church, uh, but she's also an OBGYN obstetrician <laughs> and gynecologist. We're so grateful, Doc, for your time. Thanks a lot. And we will see you no next problem. week. We will see you next week. Next
1: week, same
0: yeah, time. Same You may be in a different place, <laughs> but definitely at the same true. time. <laughs> uh listeners, we want to thank you too so very much for keeping it locked to NCUFM. Thank you for your listenership. We do not take it for granted. And we invite you to come on board with us next week as we conclude our three-part series, issues on the female reproductive system. On behalf of our hard-working production team, Brandon Daly in studio and of course uh, yes he's the technical op and I see Daniel our production assistant thank you so very much we appreciate you both may God continue to so bless the East Jamaica conference and doc we will connect God bless until next week same time same place I'm Jonas Murphy he
2: wants it all and there's a God that walks over the earth he's searching for a heart that is desperate and longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all, he wants it all And he says, love me, love me with your whole heart He wants it all today Serve me, serve me with your life for now He wants it all today Idols He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all There's a God that walks Over the earth He's searching for A heart that is desperate Longing For a child that will give Him their own, give it all He wants it all And he said